Welcome to On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I am joined by Dr. Marlene Dixon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Dr. Dixon, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to Texas A&M University. It feels like a bit of a journey at this point. Um, I grew up in Colorado. I was a student athlete in high school in multi-sports. It was a lot of fun volleyball and basketball, and I played a little bit of tennis and had the opportunity after I graduated there to go to Trinity University in San Antonio, where I started off playing volleyball and actually then had the opportunity to play basketball there as well. Um, graduated there in, with a degree in biology okay. and a, a dual degree in sociology, which is sort of interesting. I'll see if I can weave that back in uh, because it became interesting later. And after I graduated from Trinity, I coached there a few years and I kept coaching when I went to Southwestern University up in Georgetown. As I entered there, my head coach said, did you realize that there's a sport management program at the University of Texas and we're 30 miles down the road and you could go get your master's degree while you are coaching here? And sport management, that's a thing. Uh, and I ended up going there to University of Texas and I did do my master's uh, while I was coaching and had the opportunity to just meet a lot of really neat faculty there and introduced to problems in sport that I had noticed that were bigger than just coaching. Sports systems and managing humans and what does it look like to hire a staff and put together a whole athletic department and what might that look like. Um, and I thought I might go into athletic administration. Um, and uh, I met my husband at Southwestern and we were both coaching and got to thinking about what would it look like if we were both coaching? That might be a bit of a stretch. And I got to thinking I would like to go more of an administrative route. And so I went to Ohio State and got my PhD in this crazy thing they call sport management. Um, and after that, I uh, ended up coming back and I, I taught at Rice for a number of years. And then I went to the, back to the University of Texas, and I was there for about 13 years. And I've always had colleagues here at A&M. Some of us went to grad school together. Always been aware of the program here, and kind of the timing was just right, and the opportunities were right. And I had an opportunity to come here and move my whole family here in 2016. And since I've been here, um, it's just been a really fabulous place to be. Uh, and I really like the combination of being in sport management and kinesiology because it feels like both of my academic homes, my biology background going back to sociology, which is really people in groups, people in teams, people in systems. So the whole thing sort of comes together and just feels right. What is your role in the kinesiology and sport management department? Right now, I currently serve as the interim department head. So a lot of responsibility. Yeah. How has that been? How has it been to get into that role and, and kind of see how that has uh, changed, I guess, the responsibilities and things that you have? It's exciting. Um, it is a big department, and so it's a heavy lift um, in terms of just the day-to-day -day and the variety of things that a person encounters, you know, everything from an undergraduate student who needs placed in a class or who has a question about their degree or their career or what it might look like to be in a certain degree, 
to multi-million dollar grants um, and research equipment and uh, people doing tenure and promotion and people wanting to travel and everything in between. So it's a lift um, and the days are long, but it's also really, really fun and it's super challenging to try to be a part of, I guess what I really, really love about it is that everyone here is really, really smart and they're very motivated and they have super good ideas and they're curious about how to solve problems for the world. That could be in sport, that could be in human movement, that could be in human performance, it could be in rehab, it could be in helping people age better, people having a better quality of life. And I can't tell you how many times somebody walks into my office and I get to say, how can I be helpful? And they tell me all about what are their research goals or their career goals or their academic goals. And I can say, how can I be helpful to that? And so to literally on a daily basis have people that you're interacting with that your whole job is to remove barriers and give support for them to pursue their dreams is a fabulous place to be. What are the various programs that you offer to students in the department? Our department consists of four basic areas. Uh, there's programs in kinesiology and in sport management. There's a physical education activity program. We affectionately call it PAP. Okay. See people around mm -hmm. campus, they call it PAP. And then within kinesiology, there's also an athletic training program. We offer undergraduate programs in most of those. In all four of those, we offer undergraduate programs and then also master's degrees and PhDs. Okay. What are some aspects of the department that people may not know about? What are maybe some misconceptions about the department? Oh, that's funny you ask me that because uh, I always feel like every time I tell somebody I'm in kinesiology and sport management or either of those, right, they start telling me about their knee injury. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I've got this pain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can you tell me what it is? Um, no, I really can't. Right? <laughs> that isn't what I do. Um, I could refer you to some. Sure. <laughs> and in fact, it's funny because we do do knee injuries. I mean, everything athletic training does knee injuries. And actually, a lot of our scholars in the kinesi side work with rehabbing them or, or uh, strengthening them so you don't get hurt in the first place. But man, it's just funny because we're so much more. And why that is why that is always the thing is funny to me, but we are so much more. I mean, we are everything from undergraduates learning how to tape ankles uh, to building sport global sport programs um, to environmental sustainability, and um, I think even on the you know on the kinesiology side, the research that people are doing is so exciting. Um, and it's helping and improving people's lives. And I think people don't really realize how much is going on within our department. You mentioned the different programs, and I do want to talk about them more individually. So can you give me some key points about kinesiology? So kinesiology is one of the largest undergraduate programs uh, in the entire university um, in terms of a single academic program. Uh, and Within kinesiology, I guess technically it's the study of movement, um, but more broadly, we do everything in sport in kinesiology. I suppose some of the most interesting things are that 
There's a motoneural side of it, which is all about our cognitive functioning. So our folks on, in that area do things that might be about the right brain talking to the left brain or stimulating our brain in order to do things like uh, rehab. Mm-hmm. And how might we use e-stem and those kinds of things to enhance uh, motor neural control or things that we're tracking um, with our eyes uh, in order to give ourselves better attention, maybe from a sport performance standpoint or from a stability standpoint. Our biomechanists do things in the area of um, motor control and especially people doing some work in gait analysis. Uh, We have some exciting new adventures potentially with uh, the Paralympics and how do we help Paralympians Um, improve their motor control and also their biomechanical control of their bodies. And then we have an entire section within kinesiology about exercise science. So our exercise physiologists are doing everything from diet and nutrition and enhancements to strength and conditioning and movement on those areas. And then what about sport management? Now that's another, it's a big program. It's very diverse as well. There's about 700 undergrads in our sport management program, but we also offer a master's uh, face-to-face. And we also have a very large and national sport management online master's degree. And that continues to thrive as well, as well as our PhD. And our faculty in that area are interested in everything from the ecological aspects of sport to marketing to consumer behavior and some of the interesting things with the NIL Mm. um, and trying to be aware of that and help people function along those lines, as well as training students how to work in the sport industry, how to do functional pieces like um, facility management and operations, how to do marketing, how to do sales. We have a really big sales uh, component of our program as well. So it's it's diverse as well, um, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to capture it in one little piece, but sure. it's kind of a global picture of it. And then you mentioned PAP, Physical Education Activities. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. That's, that's probably the gateway, uh, the face of our program mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, because there are a lot of students. I think that uh, Frank Thomas, the head of that program, told me we are at 7,000-ish students per Mm -hmm. semester that come through those classes. And I think probably the most interesting thing there is people look at the PIAP program and they probably associate, I don't know, maybe you associate Mm -hmm. taking an activity class. Sure. We played Mm -hmm. basketball or we went down Mount Aggie or did some archery or something. But there's also the scientific courses that people can take in PIAP for their science credit. And... I think the other thing people don't realize in PIAP is that everything is super intentional. And when you look at it from the outside, people think, oh, that's just a bunch of people playing ball, playing sports, doing sure. activities. Mm-hmm. But it is so thoughtful. Everything from how the courses are designed so that students do a little bit of everything, everything from video uploads to uh, attendance to group projects to solo projects to quizzes to the fact that they play music while you're working out Mm -hmm. or how many instructors are in the room. It's super intentional. And so, again, it's another one like, yeah, they're just over there playing. It's so much more than that. 
Mm-hmm. I've also heard it can be some of the toughest A's to get are in some of those PF classes. So go to class, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I also understand that you have a master's in athletic training. Can you tell me a little bit more about that program? Yeah, that's a little bit of a hidden gem as well. Super competitive program. Um, Dr. Greenwood has been running that program for a number of years and probably the face of that program as well. They have, it's a rigorous program. They come in, it's a two-year deal. They start in June and go straight through and just work their tails Mm -hmm. off for two years and end up uh, with a master's in athletic training. And they have a 100% graduation rate, 100% placement rate. So they come in and they work hard and we get them placed and we have an excellent network uh, to make those associations. I'm super, super proud of that program. What is one piece of current research that excites you right now? Uh, I think I would say on the kinesiology side, one of the ones that I've been more familiar with and that's really exciting is is Dr. Reekman Mm -hmm. has an oncoming grant with DARPA, which is a um, defense readiness group, and they are doing a lot of work with um, fatigue. So cognitive fatigue and, and physical fatigue and so they've got some treadmills up there and they're throwing rucksacks on and they're running up there and then they're doing cognitive testing um, and then some sleep deprivation. And what they're trying to find is um, breath markers so that they can tell what, what kind of markers, um, biochemical markers in your breath mm-hmm. could tell your fatigue level. And the ultimate goal from the defense perspective is that they could tell in the field. If you were out there doing your marches, if you're out there being, you know, mentally fatigued and all of that, they could tell and they could adjust accordingly. Um, But then we also talked about it might have application for everything from like racehorses. So you could tell live. You wouldn't have to just guess. You know, it's kind of hard to talk to a horse. It's kind of crazy. But also we were talking about sport performance indicators. And could you tell for athletes? Uh, Could you try to tell during a game or during a distance or during an endurance performance what level of fatigue they were at? And I was thinking, too, we probably could have some e-sport applications to that as well, especially with cognitive fatigue. Right. And could you start telling where people were becoming less productive? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there are maybe also some sport management applications in terms of how we work with people in organizations Think about how, you know, just you on the radio, could we tell when you were doing, working too long of a week? Right. And you could tell by your breath markers, actually you're becoming cognitively fatigued. Why don't you go home and sleep for four or five hours and come back to work? And you would actually be more optimally performing Mm -hmm. if you did that than for you to press through. Right. I think that could be really groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. So many ways to apply that to everyday life, not just in sport or in the defense aspect that they were talking about. So very interesting research. Yeah. And again, those are things that I just don't think people think of when you say kinesiology and sport management. And so there are so many different things going on in this department. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. What do you hope to see in the future of your department? I think what I hope to see from a student perspective is that our students would thrive all the way through their program as undergraduates, as graduates, 
and that they would develop all of the skills, not just to succeed in the classroom, but also to succeed in, in the job world. Uh, I would also like to see us continue to find the synergies between the various programs. It's hard sometimes because we do very diverse work and we do very individualized work. Um, and I keep trying to find the crossovers and where does what you're doing, maybe from a scientific perspective, apply in the field? And how could we make that crossover? Or where do we see things out? Uh, for example, maybe on the sport performance field, or where do we see people's health and well-being being compromised? And from a sport management perspective, maybe we're seeing that out in what we're doing and the programs we're building and the people we're working with. And then we come back and we work both at a whole person level, but then all the way back to a cellular level and say, how could this be better? For example, some of the things we see in child development in our sport for development programs where we see youth development, there's definitely a social side to that and the kinds of things that we want to build social skills. But there's also a motor behavioral component where, especially in developing countries, young children don't maybe necessarily get the training at young age that we do. And so you're working with these middle school, high school students who don't have the biomechanical development they have to be performing at the level that they would like to be, where would be the marriage of those two things that we could solve real-world problems from both sides of our department? Are there any exciting events or activities planned for students right now? Of course. <laughs> always, right? There's always. always stuff going on. Uh, well, of course, um, probably one of the most exciting things and accessible right right coming up right around the corner is February 11th is our Aggieland Saturday. And that is a university-wide open house. And we will definitely have a presence there with a number of our programs. And that is for prospective students in middle school and high school. It's also for newly accepted students. So that's a really exciting thing for a number of people to get involved in. And then, of course, in the spring again, we'll have our second annual Beyond the Lights event. Our first annual one was this fall. Okay. And uh, we got the idea, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago that there was never a time, we have 700 students in our sport management program, mm -hmm. and there was never a time that we came together as a family. And so we wanted to have the opportunity to do that, but also to introduce our students to more industry connections. And so we had our first one this fall and we'll have our second annual one this spring. In fact, we're planning that right now. So that'll be on the horizon. And this is kind of fun. Maybe not all students get to be a part of this, but uh, Dr. Deanna Kennedy has a grant from NASA right now, and she's getting an opportunity to do a parabolic flight Wow! this summer in June. And she gets to take three students with her uh, to do the, I think they call it the vomit comet. <laughs> I'm interested just, how many students apply, but I'm sure there will be plenty. Yeah, I'm sure. They, they can have that. It's a great so opportunity. Exciting <laughs> for someone else to do. And I'll be the person when she comes in and says, uh, and I say, how can I be helpful? The dry cleaning tab. Yeah. You can take yeah, care exactly. of that. <laughs> how can I be helpful? And, and I won't be raising my hand to attend. Maybe I'll carry the bags. Yeah. 
Great. Well, Dr. Marlene Dixon, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management is part of the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.